Today on Locked On Canadians, we talk about the Islanders game, we talk about the Rangers game, we have our weekly three up and three down, kind of like a who's hot, who's not, and that's all coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 765 of Locked On Canadians, and we thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, so don't forget to like, subscribe, tell all your friends. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Actistic, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matlove, Habs Eyes on the Prize. Scott has been living his best life, watching all kinds of hockey and football this weekend, while I have been living my life drinking a lot of mimosas and watching hockey. Um, Scott is like, eh. uh, I mean, that game against the Islanders wasn't great, but we'll get into that in a second. Scott, how are you doing this weekend? I'm doing all right. Uh, finally shaking off whatever remnants of cold, respiratory, whatever the heck this thing was. Um, and it was nice. I caught the end of the Islanders game, uh, went out with longtime friends to treat them to Buffalo wings in Buffalo for the first time. So missed the start of it, caught the end of it, which is probably for the betterment of my own, uh, enjoyment of the Montreal Canadiens hockey club this season. I mean, you did exactly as the Canadians did. They missed the start of it and only showed up for the end of it. So that's definitely something that the Canadians are going to have to do. We don't want to rehash every single episode that we do over and over again, but this will not be the first, nor the second, nor even the third time that we talk about how the Canadians really need to show up at the beginning of the game. They can't put themselves in a hole. They can't, like, they can't play in such a way that will allow the opponent to take control of the game. Most of the time, it's starting with allowing at least two goals, and that's not good. But also, if you're on your heels for the whole game, sometimes you get lucky and you don't allow those goals, but you're putting yourself in a position to be behind the play all the time. You're giving the opponent more and more rope. And you're also, I think for me, you're giving yourself you're constantly kind of taking penalties, which you really don't want to do. You're forced to play in the ways that you're not good at. So you really have to show up early. You really have to show up for a full 60. And you really can't allow the game to get out of hand. Sometimes it's like you don't even give up that many shots or goals, but you look at the underlying numbers and like the expected goals are wildly lopsided in favor of the other team, or sometimes even the shot attempts are wildly lopsided in, 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 in favor of the other team. And you're not talking about amazing teams here. You're talking about like, eh, teams, right? That's who you're playing against right now. And so I do like, and I, you know, I feel like with the Islanders game, the third period was good. Um, we want to see more of that. And then, you know, the following day, even though it was the second night of a back-to-back and the game even started earlier, so they, it was a less than uh, 24-hour turnaround time between the start of one game and the other game. I think the Canadians did much better. They did show up. The underlying numbers, again, aren't super promising, but the way that they played with the energy, the way that they, you know, like the effort was there, the energy was there, the presence was there. 
and I thought they played so much better. Obviously, they were rewarded with a win, but it was a fun game against... I mean, you know, when's the last time you watched a Canadians-Rangers game and it wasn't one of the most boring games you'd seen in your life? Like, this game was great. Yeah, and I kind of look at, like, the game here is that they started well. They were... And they went blow for blow with the Rangers. They were both... There was very little defense played in most of this game. They went end-to-end, and it was Montembo and it was Shesterkin dueling it out, trying to keep their teams in the game here. And the Rangers admittedly had more zone time, more possession in those circumstances, and the Canadians' attacks often came on the counter, which makes sense given the Canadians' organization of their lineup right now versus where the Rangers are at on it. And it still ended up, the expected goals ended up a little less than even. High danger chances in the Canadians' favor. Scoring chances, a little bit in the Rangers' favor. Shots four at five on five, a little bit in the Habs' favor. Uh, Shot attempts um, heavily in the Rangers' favor in the first two periods. But it never felt like it was an out-of-control kind of thing. I think the Canadians did a very good job trying to keep the Rangers out of the slot and try to keep that area free so Samuel Montembeau can see pucks, which is a thing they've struggled with in the past. This was a very, it was a very simplistic game. It was not anything fancy. It's not like they brought in some new style of play or anything. It's just, you know, the Canadians did what they know how to do best. And yeah, the numbers aren't great. I'm looking here, you know, the highest uh, in terms of expected goals for percentage here Michael Pozzetta, who I don't think exactly had a strong showing overall, but the Canadians did what they needed to do, and good effort with a good process should yield buildable and good results for the team. It was a 2-1 win. Cole Caulfield has the game-winning goal. He's now scored against 23 of the 31 NHL teams in, what, just about a season's worth of work since joining the league here, and I saw a lot of things that I liked. I don't have complaints about Joel Edmondson or David Savard making errors here. Any errors got cleaned up. It was a team effort. Uh, I believe it was Dave Poulin on the podcast when I was like, ah, David Savard's going back here and Christian Dvorak is coming back and supporting him on this play, even if he doesn't need that. And it's like, these are little things in the process that matter to yield better results. I've noticed it with the rocket this year is that puck support defensemen supporting forwards forward supporting defensemen are more prominent in this and i think that's important evgeny dodonov gets a lot of stick on twitter because he can't finish worth a damn right now which okay fine but i see him putting in the steps to get pucks in the right area or being in the right spot to finish off plays uh on his line with yesi yolanan and that's it that's what you want to see because you want to see these other pieces doing the little things right. We know Kirby Doc will do the little things right. We know Suzuki and Caulfield will. We know Caden Gooley when he is healthy will. Jordan Harris will. Seeing it more across the board like we did against the Rangers is important because good process and good um, uh, repetition yields good results down the line, and it ingrains in your head what to do to be successful here. And I really like the way the Canadians played. It wasn't the prettiest game they've ever played, no, but it was exciting, and they you saw what you wanted to see out of the names that you know are going to be here two, three, four, five years down the line potentially in this game, and that's important. And I think that – I know people go, oh, well, the Tank, they won too often this week. I don't care. They should have won those games that they won. 
good good efforts should yield good results that you can put and store in the bank for when they inevitably drop a stinker at some point in the next part couple weeks here. Bank yes. your good results and use them as building blocks. Exactly. And that's it. Because like you're not going to lose every game. It's not going to be like last year. Last year was abnormally, it was way outside the norm bad. So, you know, you are going to have some wins. We might as well enjoy them. And it's going to balance out. You know, the Canadians are going to finish bottom five, bottom six, bottom seven. I don't think that they're going to really go any higher than the bottom seven of the league. Like it, it, in my mind, there, there are a few teams that are way worse than they are, but not, not that many. So we're going to be okay. We can enjoy games like the Rangers game. We can enjoy the future. It's okay. It's okay for the Canadians to be okay. <laughs> um, to be eh. It's fine. It's fine. Like eh is now my scientific word. It's my scientific way of describing <laughs> uh, hockey teams, particularly the way the Canadians are playing. But we are going to turn our attention to our three up and three down in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I want to tell you about Athletic Greens because I use it. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to take control of my health. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. And it is the one thing with the best things. They use the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It supports all the things. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially as we are in the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. You don't need a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And before we get into our three down, we obviously would like to send our condolences to the family of former Montreal Canadian and former mostly known for uh, Vancouver, being a Vancouver Canucks enforcer, Gino Ojek, who passed away at the age of 52, a little bit earlier than the time we're recording this. Um, so obviously fan favorite, very, very much loved by, you know, the fans of every team he played for. And it is truly tragic. His sister confirmed it on Facebook very shortly before we started recording. So again, condolences to family, friends, fans uh, of Gino Ojek. Um, and so not to take a, a, a an awkward about face, but it is time to complain <laughs> about some things <laughs> and some people. Uh, I think I think we can say that not showing up for the beginning of the game can be one of the downs. We had, we had a hard time like selecting specific people this week because... We could see that the Canadians have been making a better effort overall over the past like five or six games. So I think not showing up at the beginning of, of, of the game, like phoning it in for a period or not being ready or scrambling, I think that can be one of our downs. Yeah, I think just not being prepped for this and you coaches talk all the time about being starting on time and being ready on time. That is part of your job is to have them ready to go. If you go out there and you get scored on a minute and 20 seconds into the game, that's on your preparation 
to be ready for this. Sometimes it's weird. It takes a weird bounce off a stanchion, this, that. That happens. Going out and getting, like that game against Seattle where they just came out and got absolutely speed bagged for the opening period is not an acceptable start to a game. They got to work on that. And yeah, that comes with good habits uh, down the line there. But right now, it is a thing that they do struggle with a little bit. Uh, the Rangers and Predators games were nice changes of pace from that. They came out of the gate strong in both of those. And look at the results. They won both of those. Are we seeing a connection here? I think that's important that if they're able to start on time, even if they don't you know, necessarily score the first goal, but they have the right things in line there, we're going to see a lot more, uh, more favorable Canadians results in the future. I think for me, my second down and, you know, both Scott and I kind of feel a little bit bad about this, but Michael Pizzetta, I think, you know, I feel like our expectations of him may be a little bit high because last year he was so much better than we expected him to be. But I think he's just kind of fine right now. He's like, and and this is the thing. It's like, Scott, you said at the top of the show, like I had a hard time finding things to criticize about Edmondson and David Savard in that Rangers game. Right. Like it was a team game. But like if I look back on the week as a whole, like I'm finding that Michael Pizzetta needs to set it up, step it up, not set it up, step it up a bit. I like Michael Pizzetta. He's a very fun, feel good story for the Canadians that he came from fourth line in the AHL and stuck and held on to an NHL job last year. That's great. It really is like that. That's good. He earned another spot in camp this year. That's great. He sticks up for his teammates. He's a fun guy. And, and it's hard to not like that. But the Canadians are now getting to a point in this rebuild where they're seeing what other players can do for this organization. You have seen where Michael Pozzetta caps out. And that is a bottom six winger with energy who can fight, can sometimes score the odd goal. It's not happening this year for him because other people are scoring goals this year. And I, my thought is, if you want a guy who's going to bring energy and you know some of that finesse to the bottom six you should probably give Rafael Harvey Pinard a look he brings that energy and that feistiness to the net front area but with a more offensive upside or if you just want a guy that's going to grind and check there and you want to see what you got Lucas Condotta has double digit AHL goals he's not going to play a ton but why the heck not I want to see Michael Pizzetta do more incredible things one because I know some team will trade for him then but also because it is very fun when he scores because it's never, you know, top shelf rip, anything like that. It's he scored off his face, you know, it hit him and he's, you know, jammed home the rebound kind of thing. I feel bad criticizing him because his underlying numbers in terms of the chances he get in his ice time have been good. It's just we're seemingly missing him being a more noticeable piece in a good way uh, during a lot of the games recently. And finally, our third down is Jacob Truba. All Jacob right. Truba is so, a problem. <laughs> yeah, Not uh, in a good Jacob, way. Not in a good way. Uh, you know, sometimes we say someone's a problem in a good way. No, yeah. <laughs> that's not what we mean this time. This is a family podcast, so I can't call Jacob Truba when I actually want to call him. Do, a guy has a problem with keeping his elbows close to his body in that Uh, Ask Penguins fans, ask Islanders fans. He's got a thing for hitting people up high with the chicken wing elbow. And in this game against the Canadians, he didn't elbow anybody in the head. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen is Yol Armia is backtracking towards the defensive zone, tracking down a puck. And Jacob Truba 
not trying to check him or anything, blatantly sticks the elbow out and hits him in the kidney or lower ribs. And it dropped Armia immediately, like in serious pain that you can see him grimace. He tries to play the puck, but he cannot get off the ice because the puck is still in the defensive zone and he's not going to be able to get to the bench quickly enough. So he is out there struggling to either catch his wing from where he got hit. might have been hitting the diaphragm. And my whole thought with this is, what are you even doing? There's no point to throw that kind of elbow out unless you're purposely trying to injure somebody. It's not a check. It's not you're separating a puck carrier. You are elbowing someone in the kidney and ribs to try and injure them. And for all the stuff to see officials called in that game, that somehow escaped their eye. And this is not an official's rant because all hockey officials are bad at their job in one way or another. It's a, you're the captain of the New York Rangers, one of the richest franchises in the sport, one of the original six teams. You play in a premier market and you play like some scrub just called up from the minors trying to make a statement. It's trash. And I'm grateful they only play one more time. He hasn't had a chance to elbow anybody in the head yet but it's only a matter of time. And even Rangers fans in my mentions are like, I'm so sick of this because eventually, and we've seen this with Boston. We've seen this with other teams. The minute you start picking off other players on other teams with dirty hits and nothing happens from player safety or anything, someone eventually goes vigilante and then everything gets ugly. It happened with Tom Wilson. It's happened with Ryan Reeves before it's ugly and it's stupid. And there's no point for it. Elbowing Yolar Mia in the kidney and ribs is there's nothing there's no reason for it. You're wearing basically Kevlar on your arms. That had to hurt like hell. You already get hit enough. It's a trash play. And I I'd say be better, but I don't think this is I think this is it for him. He's got 14 points in 43 games and he gets paid 83 million or eight million dollars a year. Congratulations. Just keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times, Jacob Chuba. Yeah. That's what we're asking. Disneyland. Disneyland it. Arms inside the vehicle. And if you can't do that, get off Space Mountain and go somewhere else. <laughs> all right. We're going to get off Space Mountain and go somewhere else. We're going to go to our three up. And uh, that's coming up in literally just one moment. But first, as you already know, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net, which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl to basketball to literally everything, because we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which we know you do because you're listening to this one, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And Scott, where our game starts is Cole Caulfield. He, the, this man is literally, man, boy, child, whatever he is, the small goals boy is literally 14, game, 14 goals away from 40 goals in a single season. Would you believe it? And it is still January, mid-January, that not like end of January, mid-January. Scott Cole Caulfield, am I right? Dom Ducharme is in shambles somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I and the thing about this game was this game started with Cole Caulfield dangling Adam Fox, a Norris-winning defenseman, going around Igor Shosturkin, a Vesno-winning goalie, and almost scoring a minute and a half into the game. He was on one 
tonight. He was on one against the Predators earlier this week, too, on P.K. Subban night. It You were running out of adjectives to describe how special of a player he is. And with every goal, it's, hey, that contract goes up. But the man, Cole Caulfield is so very special for this team. He might be the first guy since I believe it was Stefan Richer to hit uh, 40 goals in a season for the Canadians, or is the last person to do that. It's been a long time. And bless Max Pacioretty, he got to 39 and 37 uh, under Michel Therrien of all people. Cole Caulfield has the chance to be a, a complete, you know, history rewriter for the Canadians in some regards and his success with Nick Suzuki away from Kirby doc is important because that means if they can make things work with those lines separated is good news for Martin St. Louis and the Canadians. Another piece of good news for Martin St. Louis and the Canadians is this is an honorable mention because we have so many ups this week, uh, but Nick Cole's Cole Caulfield, Sorry, Nick Suzuki, not Cole Caulfield. I'm so used to like <laughs> bothering people about Cole Caulfield now that I just called Nick Suzuki Cole, Cole Caulfield. But yes, uh, I want to just point out that uh, the bunch, the number of times against the Rangers that Nick Suzuki capitalized on opportunities. So I think he deserves an honorable mention for that game alone. But you know, he's Nick Suzuki. He always deserves an honorable mention. All right, so Absolutely. Scott, you had you had an up that you had two ups. I think one people will agree with and the other people like they'll just get mad because it's it's we're Habs fans and people get mad at these things. Uh, do you want to do the honors? Yeah, so I'm going to just launch right into this and say Jonathan Drouin had a very strong week and he looks so much more confident playing the game that he's not second guessing himself. Uh, he had three assists against the Predators uh, and he had another strong game, I thought, against uh, the Rangers in that in the role that he's actually suited for, which is being a secondary point producer, not top line superstar, not the facilitator for everything the Canadians do has served him very well. And I think it was Habs links on Twitter that pointed out that it's like, I don't, th I don't love the idea of him going at the deadline and lighting it up in the playoffs. But at the same time, if that offer comes in, you have to take it kind of thing. I thought Jonathan Drouin had a strong week. And I'm not saying everything is fixed. He still hasn't scored a goal this year, not through any fault of his own. He's getting opportunities. And to see him get opportunities and also be a facilitator in the playmaking game is important for Montreal because it gives them more options around the lineup there. And it seemingly helping get the power play a little bit back on track that he's finding his groove there. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that you, there's a lot to be said about the trade and how it didn't turn out like we hoped, but I'm not, not cheering for Jonathan Drouin to kind of get himself back on track here. And I think he's doing a really good job at that right now. And I'm excited to see kind of, what does this mean for him the rest of this year? If he continues to pick it up, does he suddenly become a more valuable trade piece than Sean Monahan, especially if he starts, you know, potting some goals here and there. I think he's, an attractive piece to a lot of teams once they see these kind of gotten over whatever early season woes were bothering him. I think that that's true. I, for me, I want to see, I want to see a good return. Like at this point, I've kind of made my peace with everything. I know on this podcast, like for the past, we've been here for around four years now, almost four years. This is, you know, three and a half years now. Um, we get a lot of heat for this, but 
I like we've championed him and I think he's done sorry he hadn't done all he could do but now he is doing it so for me I just want a good return at the deadline um Scott how about our final down I I was a little bit surprised by this actually because I feel like we were complaining about him just last week but uh Samuel Montembeau yeah as our final up of the week Samuel Montembeau was great this weekend you know kind of a rough start against the Islanders we talked about starting on time but he was so good over the course of this weekend against the Rangers. He was phenomenal. He arguably outdueled one of the best goalies in the NHL with a much less well-constructed roster in front of him in this game. And he played extremely well on a back-to-back. He played the night before. It's not like Caden Primo played. And then he got this game. He played both games and played really well. He played really well all week. I thought, um, Against the Kraken, the team kind of wasn't there in front of him, but he played well against the Predators, played well against the Islanders, and played well against the Rangers. You can't ask much more from a guy that was supposed to be your backup this year. And I, I'm i glad that he's getting some of the results because I thought he's had a lot of strong games that get kind of undone by the Canadians try and push, which means they're less defensively responsible, late goal, late goal. And what was a 3-2 game turns into a 5-2 game and makes his numbers look worse. Uh, Samuel Montembeau this year has been a really pleasant surprise in terms of just his confidence, his stability in net. And even when Jake Allen comes back, I know Jake Allen is the starter on this team. There's no reason you can't give some more of his starts to Samuel Montembeau and have it be a true 1A, 1B split, 50-50 everything, or... Give Jake Allen an extra night off here there and let him kind of rest and be ready for next season too when he's going to, again, be the starting goaltender on this team. Uh, Samuel Montebo has given them a little bit of some time to work on their goaltending situation. And we will find out if the Habs claimed Alex Nadelkovich off of waivers. He was placed there today. I don't think they should do it, but if they claim him, we have plenty to talk about on our Monday night recording. And that's coming up tomorrow for y- for all of you. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. And don't forget to hit that bell so you get a notification every time we post a new episode. Uh, we promised you a fun holiday thing, which we're still going to do. We're just, we just, we're just trying to work out our schedule. Um, I promise you're going to like it. At least, no, I, I can't promise that because then you'll ask for your money back. Um, in the meantime, you can also find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can always email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. We absolutely love getting your emails. We actually got some photos here that we can now share on Twitter um, in our last email, in our last um, set of emails. You can also leave uh, mailback questions in the YouTube comments. Uh, please, you know, just be respectful of one another. We don't we don't like when people are, are like drive other people off of this podcast comments page. Uh, we want all of you to listen to us. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.